Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Lord, we thank you that the power and the kingdom of God is among us. Lord, we thank you that Jesus said the kingdom is at hand. So, Lord, we just come before you tonight and we ask that you take all the burdens, lift them off your people, or release a revelation right now, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Paul prayed that in Ephesians that that spirit of wisdom and revelation would come. So, God, we want to pray. I want to ask Neil Blake and myself as two papas. We want to pray for, for Brenton and Erica. God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We've been watching them grow and become these mighty men and women of God. Lord, it's so encouraging to us to see a, a next generation coming up, God. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, just take yes, over God. tonight. We thank you, Father. Jesus. We want to pull out from all the gold that you put in them in their hearts. God, we thank you. We give you thanks and praise, Holy Spirit, for your goodness and grace. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for these guys. I think they're a model. Uh, Lord, I just bring them to you, present them to you. They're a model of uh, a true uh, a team. And I reminded them earlier, Lord, that your scripture says, <clears throat> your word says, that one will put a thousand to flight and two, ten thousand. And I think that is magnified when it's a husband and wife team because that is the ultimate model um, for humans to have to continually give, surrender their will back and forth with a wife to God. And so, Lord, I commend these two to you because they do surrender to you. They give you their free will, and I know that. I'm around them. I am spend time with them. So, Lord, we ask you to just use them to the max tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bless you both. Thank you so much for that amazing worship. Wow. Oh, the Lord really knows how to move when you worship Him and welcome Him in to a place. Um, before I like to do this before we do any teachings or any messages is we surrender to the king first and foremost. You want to, my wife's, my beautiful wife's going to share with us tonight. So we just want to open up in prayer and surrender to the king and get out of his way. That's, that's our number one priority is to get out of his way because we're just a man and a woman. There's nothing that we can do to change your mind, but the Holy Spirit can change your mind. So that's why we want to open up this session. And we ask you to join us in prayer surrendering your thoughts right now we take every thought captive i know we've had a busy week it's the midway point of the week let's just surrender our thoughts present them to the king and let him give us a peace that surpasses all understanding thank you Lord. father god we just come to you right now god with this time lord we just surrender ourselves to you, God. I just pray that everyone that's hearing this right now, God, that they would just surrender to you, Jesus, that they would just hear your voice and that they would just spend this time with you fully focused on you, God. I thank you for who you are, God. I pray that you would just release to everybody who you are tonight, God, that they would see who you truly are and that they would just 
they would just lean on that, God, that they would feel it, they would see it, and that they would just believe it, God. I just thank you, God, for Pastor Tom allowing us to do this, Jesus, and me and Brenton just want to get out of the way, God. I just pray that all of my words are nothing but yours, Jesus. I pray that you would just get everything out of the way and that you would take full control. Father God. Jesus, Yeshua, King of Kings, Lord. We just humbly submit ourselves to your word, your righteousness, your ways, oh God. If we can just reach one person tonight, Father God, you will tell us job well done. So we need you, Father. We have to have your help. There is no way we can do it without you, Lord. We have to have your power and your help. God, there is nothing I can say to convince anybody that's watching tonight, Lord. I have to have you to back us up, Father. We're surrendering right now to you, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Whether people believe in you or they don't, Father God, we're asking you to back us up on what we're preaching tonight, God. Without your backing, it means nothing. So Holy Spirit, go. We send you out to the rooms of the people watching right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Touch them with your love, Father. Show them who you are. Show them the real you, God, the true Jesus. Thank you, God. We worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we've, we've learned that if we don't surrender and get out the way, we tend to make a mess of things. Um, I'm sure you probably learned that in your life, too, when you take over with family or whatever it may be. You know, we're, we're all fixers. I'll fix it. I, let me get it. Yeah, that doesn't work out too well. When I fix things, I make more of a mess. Uh, it, can anybody relate to that? I've learned to back away. To back away, let the King of King, Father, Abba, have his way. And I, I choose to follow. For me and my family, we choose to follow the Lord. That's what we've done. That's what we're doing. It's been almost three years now since truly born again. Um, and the Lord's really just put it on our heart to communicate with the children of God. Um, whether you're a believer or not, you don't have to believe in God. It's perfectly fine. He's not insecure. He knows who he is. And he's given me and my wife a, a vision and, and showed his spirit moving through us. And we presented it with Pastor Tom and uh, the faithful leader that he is. He agreed to allow, allow us to share. So we want to thank him and commend him for his leadership abilities. I, me and my wife look up to his leadership because we have to be leaders in Christ. We have to be strong men of integrity, and that's our calling. So I'm very thankful to have a pastor that's doing that. Um, so the name of this series is Identifying the Enemy Within. Get the fire, keep the fire. All right, when I got this thing, I had a lot of people tell me, you better slow down, brother. You are hyped up. You need to take a chill pill because you will burn out if you don't. Well, I'm here to tell you, three years almost in July will be three years of burning on fire 
Nothing has changed in almost three years. And to be honest with you, I'm burning brighter now than I ever have before. See, the gospel I read is that we should be burning brighter as time goes on, not burning out. And I've met with so many leaders and pastors and people that's done this, and their first warning was to me, be careful, brother. You, you're, you're, just, you're just a little overexcited. You're over the edge. Well, let me tell you, my family knows I haven't lost it. It's not going nowhere. I'm more excited now today than I have ever been. God has spoken to me in so many ways. I couldn't even, I would sit here all night long to tell you how many downloads he spoke to me and it come to pass. Now, when you're more excited than the person you give the word for, that'll tell you something about your walk. Because I get more excited every time when I hear a word and it's on point, it just woo, lights up my soul. It just excites me to know that I'm hearing from the one true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Israel, and our God, Father Jesus. It's just an amazing thing. So this is called Get the Fire, Keep the Fire. Okay, guys? And tonight, we're going to be discussing knowing who he is and who he created us to be. This is what God gave me and my wife for night one. Because if we don't get this, then we probably won't get the rest of the series so we have to start in steps, one through five. See, I'm a, I ask God to make me relevant. I want to be relevant. I don't want to over-talk you, under-talk you, talk around you. I want to talk to you, and I want Holy Spirit to run through you, and I want you to feel the power that's in our life, and I want you to see we as humans, we have a short attention span. If you're anything like me, you have a short attention span. You know, you're listening, then all of a sudden, huh, and your brain goes that way. Well, I've asked God, make me relevant so we can keep the attention span. And what God showed me with this um, attention problem that I had, he says, son, let me simplify it for you. Jesus. That's it, Jesus. Yeah, but what about work and making money and paying my bills and taking care of Jesus? He said, you're already getting sidetracked. So if you're already getting sidetracked, let's bring it back. Jesus, that's it. It's pretty simple, right? Or is it? Because for some reason, everybody seems to think it's complicating and it's very hard to get this thing. I've had many people say, but it's so hard to be godly and to, to follow God because we live in the midst of such an evil world. And I just don't find that to be true. I don't. You know what the hard part is? Keeping Jesus number one. But if you think about it like that, Jesus, how hard can it actually be? Number one, Jesus. See, Scripture tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else shall be added to you. That was the command from Jesus himself. So in this series, um, we're going to be asking y'all some things that y'all consider your enemy. What would you consider to hinder your walk with Jesus? You know, uh, there's a lot of things. People will say the devil. Uh, the devil made me do it. If it weren't for that devil. Uh, that's, that's number one. That was my excuse, was the devil, God. If, yeah, I used to tell God this. If you didn't put me here with that devil, I'd probably be a pretty good person. That was my argument to God. I'd probably be pretty good. It didn't work out at all. 
So um, viruses could be the enemy. Oh, we may get sick, that we may die. Death could be your enemy. Um, There's many things that we can consider the problem of why we don't walk out a life with God. Um, I had plenty of excuses. Um, But what I'm here to tell you is the main excuse and the main problem is you. Yeah, I said it right. It's you. It's not the devil. It's not the demons. It's not viruses. It's you. Because see, when I was sitting here worshiping, God just downloaded me and he was just showing me. And he said, son, if, if you don't get out of my way, I cannot take you where I have planned to take you. I, you. You cannot go to where I want you to go if you don't get out of the way. Because if you don't get out of the way, you're a God unto yourself. You're eating from the tree that Satan tempted them back in the day to eat of. If you eat of the tree, you'll be like God. You see, guys, God wants to take us back to the garden, to the beginning, to day one, where we were made perfect in his image, to day one. He wants that now. What was Jesus' prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means I'm not just waiting around to get to heaven. Heaven wants to come inside of me. Heaven wants to come inside of you. Matter of fact, it came down and died on the cross so that it can live in you. Okay, guys, what happened? We lost something in the garden. We lost the very essence of who we were. We lost the spirit. See, when the devil tricked us into eating from the wrong tree, he stole our spirit, guys. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what he did was he stole our likeness of God, our spirit of God. He stole that from us. So now, ever since then, we've been a God unto ourselves, trying to get it back. How can we do it? What can we do to get this back? Nothing. There's nothing you can do to get it back. There's no rules you can follow. There's no services you can go to. There's no rug you can pray on. There's nothing you can do to get it back. So our heavenly father came and got it back for us. Jesus came down, defeated our enemy, took the keys back, the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, and gives it back to us. The very thing we lost. But for some reason, a lot of us don't operate in it. I ask people, do you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Everybody, you know, it's a cliche. Yeah, we've got it. But do you really? Do you really have the Holy Spirit? See, through this series, we're going to be exploiting the enemy within. The enemy that's at work in the sons of disobedience. Okay, because... I had it two, 10 years ago. I had the Holy Spirit. I was saved. I got baptized. Now, if you remember me telling you, I've been born again for three years, but I had it for 10 years. So where's the mishap? What's the deal? What's going on? Well, people that knew me 10 years ago could look at me and tell what was going on. You're a hypocrite. You claim that you know this Jesus and that I need to know him, but you're worse than me. So you're telling me you're good, but I'm not. But if I just say a prayer, I'm going where you're going. It makes no sense. It's confusing. So people said, you're just using Jesus as a crutch. 
My cousin used to tell me that all the time. He didn't want to hear about God. I don't care about all that. But what I see is you use him as a crutch is what he would tell me because of my lifestyle. You know, there was no change. There was a little. I got a little better. I did. I got off the drugs I were on, and I was doing better. I was going to church, but I was doing it. Me. When we do things, we make a mess. We tend to mess stuff up. If you've ever had children, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Let your children say, no, daddy, I got it. I'll clean it up. What's the outcome of that? A lot of times it's more of a mess than it was the first time that it was created. So God has really burned it on my heart and my wife's heart to explain this gospel as pure as we can explain it, to challenge the people listening. We're not here to breeze through life, cruise ship living with our hair blowing back in the wind. God's grace is sufficient for all. Everything's cozy on our end of the deal. Nah, we're actually here to give you another side of the Father. See, nobody ever really preaches on God's wrath. Everybody's about the grace and the mercy, which is amazing. Thank you, God. But nobody preaches about the other side of the Father that needs to be preached. Because without this other side, I didn't understand who he was. So my question for you is, who is God to you? If you have the scripture, I don't know exactly what it is, but he asked Peter. He said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And what Peter, well, he started telling, no, I don't care what they say. Who do you say that I am? So whether you believe in God, whether you don't, if you're watching, I'm asking you, who is God to you personally? See, to me, he is father. But who is he to you? Because you could be living the way you're living and think you know God. For 10 years, I was talking to God, but I was living a lifestyle contrary to the gospel. I was hooked on everything, pretty much. I was an addict. I was doing drugs. I was, whatever. I was, I was creating new ways to sin. Okay, God showed me that. You know how Paul says in the latter days they will create new ways to sin? That was me. I was calling my buddies, hey, have we ever tried this? Have we ever done this with this? So that was me. I was a pure sinner. But now I was going to church every day, hallelujah, every Sunday I'd go to church. I've been set free, but yet Monday through Saturday, I was a sinner, same old sinner. But see, in my mind, I was saved by grace, so I was okay. So that was my God. My God was okay with me creating new ways to sin. Mm. Who's your God? Is your God okay with you? doing whatever you please, as long as it's right in your eyes? Because I've seen a lot of people walking a lot of dark paths that said, yeah, I know Jesus. I've asked them, do you know Jesus? Yeah, I know Jesus. So I'm asking you, who is he to you? Because there's only one true God. There's only one way. There is no other way. When you move it back. Thank you. So, and if you don't believe in God, look at this. I've talked to people. I don't believe in all that. That's okay. It's okay if you don't believe. Please listen. It's okay. I don't, I'm not trying to convince you anything. It's fine. God's not insecure. He gave you a free will. So it's okay if you don't believe in him. He's not upset. He ain't mad stomping. I can't believe they don't believe in me. Them, them old heathens, they don't believe. He's not upset. He's not mad. 
So who is he to you? See, because a lot of people, they don't understand who he is. Okay, here's a lot of... Um, Here's a lot of responses that I get. Why would a God who's so good allow children to die of cancer? Why would a God who's so good allow all this death and all this evilness to happen? Well, let's, let's clarify that. Let's go to Genesis, first Genesis. Let's, let's read the scriptures on why this would happen the way it does. Because see... If you don't know God and you only know him by your experiences and see who tells you who God is, does the neighbor tell you? Does your mother tell you? Does your circumstances tell you who God is? Because there's been some people that's been dealt some pretty bad circumstances. You may be listening from overseas in a pretty bad circumstance. You may have just lost your job and be in a pretty bad circumstance. So does that define who God is to you? Well, he can't be good if I'm going through this. See, we can't let our life experiences tell us who God is. What we need to do is let the word of God and himself tell us who he is. So we're going to take it back to the beginning. I don't know why my Bible's messing up now. Maybe that's why they said you should have a book instead of a phone for a Bible. I'm starting to get that now. Wow. Did you bring it? Okay. So we're in Genesis 1, and I'm going to give you the verse. He made the two... And God made the beast of the earth. All right, it's verse 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the earth, over the fish the sea and the birds of the heaven. So we have dominion. The keys have been handed to human beings of the earth. So if we're in control and we have the keys, then what you see is not from God who created this. It's God honoring his word. But see, he's a man of his word. He esteems his word above his name. So he's honoring what he said. He said, let them have dominion. Let them. So the ball's in our court, guys. It's not in God's court. It's in our court. So life is what we made out of it. So when people don't understand why would God allow this and allow that, because he is a God of his word, and he holds fast to his word, and his word was let them have dominion over the earth and everything on the earth. So we make a mess. We make a mess. We sin. We do things contrary to God. We do things. We have children out of wedlock. We have children on no telling what we were doing the night before. And now you, it's a product. All these children, everything that's happened is a byproduct of our sin. 
So who are we to blame the very God who gave us the very free will to do as we please? So it's really unfair to paint that picture of God. If God's so good, then why would he do this whenever ball's in our court, guys? We have made life what it is. You know, God, everybody blame. Well, God did it. See, the devil's the accuser. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what does he do? He blames God. God did it. God did it. He must not love you. If you're sitting, if you, if you just lost your job and you don't have any money, God must not love you. God did it. Don't fall for that lie, guys. That's a lie from the enemy because God loves us unconditionally. That is a lie. That is a lie. And if you fall into them lies, see, that's why we take our thoughts captive. The mind, this whole series is going to be on the mindset. It's, it's very crucial to how we think and how we operate. Because if our mindset's not right, then our belief systems are not going to be right, and then our walk is not going to be right. We have to have the right mindset. See, Scripture tells us that he came to give us the mind of Christ, a holy mind to think like God thinks. See, man doesn't think like God. God doesn't think like we think. See, we always try to put him in our box. Well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go there. Don't do that. We're here to follow him, his ways, and his instructions. So who is God to you? That's a big question. Who, who do you think he is? Because it's very important. Because I know a lot of people that are living in sin and they know God. They said God's, they're good. Them, them and God's good. Everything's good on their end. Well, I used to say the same thing the way I was living. Me and God were good. God would tell me, it's okay, son. You missed the mark. You'll be fine. But I love you, and don't worry about it, because I paid a price so you could be the way you want to be. Because it's all about you, son. I created 7 billion children so I could be their bellhop and serve all of y'all. That's what God did. What, how foolish does that sound now? This is the way we think. Well, what about me? Why didn't I? Did you do, do you really think that the creator of the universe would create 7 billion children so he could run ragged and do what they ask? That makes no sense. We're put here for him. See, we weren't made, you weren't made for you. You were made for God. If you think you were made for you, you're, you'll never get it. I'm sorry. If you go to church every single day of your life and if you still think you were made for you and it's all about you, you'll never understand God. It's impossible. I thought I was made for me. It's impossible. We'll never get it. There's no way if you think it's all about you that you can get what God's trying to tell you. So who is he? This is the very crucial thing. Who is God then? See, he, he tells us through his scripture who he is. And it was very big for my wife on who he is too. She has a testimony on how God showed. She couldn't grasp who God was. A lot of people can't grasp that. Who is God? Is he just sitting on the throne waiting to beat me when I do wrong? Well, if that's who he is, I don't want no part of him. Is that who he is? If I don't answer what he says? See, he, he, he's personal God. He's not looking for robots. He's not looking for, he's just very personal. It's very one-on-one -on -one personal with him. So if you would come up and share what God showed you about who he is, um, because my wife didn't get it until she understood who he was. I was saved for almost eight months, truly born again, and she still didn't get it until God showed her who he is. Okay. Um, so I was actually 
raised in religion and we didn't believe in the Trinity. We believed um, God was God, Jesus was Jesus, and the Holy Spirit was just a spirit. Uh, so for me, when I met my husband, it was really hard for me to talk to him about the Trinity and God and who he really is because I didn't believe it. So um, for years, I think it was maybe like six years, I just didn't care. Like I just saw God as being this, this God in the sky that was in control of everything. And um, my job was just to please him. And it was not a relationship. I had no relationship at all with him. Um, and that was just how I viewed God. I just, I was just kind of like, he was on the back burner and that was how I viewed him was he was just this big God in the sky. So when my husband got saved and I saw the power of the Holy Spirit, because I didn't believe in the Holy Spirit before then, um, I just, I didn't believe in it. He would tell me he had it. He would tell me he was saved. He would tell me he was born again before he really was. And I didn't believe it. I would tell him all the time, you are worse than I am. Why do I need what you have? Um, I was just really, my heart was really hard. Um, growing up, it was kind of like, I don't want to, it was kind of shoved down my throat, like what I should believe and who God was. And there was, like I said, no relationship. So when me and him got together, he would tell me who he thought God was. And we would read the Bible and we would argue about it and break up over it. And it was just a big mess. Um, and then Finally, like I said, when he got born again, I saw it the very next day and it just blew my mind. I was, I was like, Lord, okay, I see that you, you have a spirit and it can do something. And it just, if I wouldn't have seen that, I don't know if I would have ever actually believed in the Holy Spirit. God had, he has plans for my life, so maybe I would have, but he used him and he used whenever he was born again to really awaken me and show me this is true. Whenever I move in, you die and you are a completely different person. So for me, seeing that was whenever I really was like, okay, God, I want to know who you are. I want to know who you are. People say that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are the same thing. I don't know what to believe. I would read one scripture and it would say Jehovah is the name above all names. I would read another scripture and it would say Jesus has been given all authority and he is the name above all names. And I was so confused. Like, I just didn't understand it. I was like, I know you don't contradict, but this is kind of contradicting itself. So for a long time, it was, it was eight months. I, I just prayed about it. And I was like, Lord, please show me who you are. Just show me who you are. I just want to see it. So I kind of thought I would just stumble across the scripture and find out who God was. There was just going to be one scripture that said Jesus and Jehovah are the same. Um, and I, I never found it. So, um, long, I'm, I'm going to give you just a piece of a story because the story is actually going to go for another night, but we went to a conference and, um, it was at that conference that God gave me a vision of who he was. And it was the most beautiful thing, like just still to this day, I need to get somebody to paint it for me. But it was, um, we were worshiping and he showed me the vision of two hands. Can you do your hands like I showed you? No, together. Okay, yeah. Well, he showed me the vision of two hands doing, doing this. And on all the fingers, it had the names of God on it. So it said Jehovah, it said Jesus, it said King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Um, it just said all of the names that God has been called. And then in the middle, it said, I am. 
And he spoke mm. to me and he said, it's not for you to understand, it's for you to believe. So when he showed me that, I'm getting chills. Mm. Um, but when he showed me that and he spoke to me and he said, it's not for you to understand, it's for you to believe. It's for you to read the scripture for yourself and just believe what he's saying. It doesn't have to make sense. It really doesn't. But you know what? God makes sense. And we're his creation. So if he says something, we may not, you know, understand it. We're the created. We're not the creation. So just, just read it and just believe it for what it says, you know. So just finding out who God was just really, it, it, it pumped me up because I was like, oh, my God, I get it now. Like, I see, like, what you do. And it, it really just pumped me up and just... Um, I was just awakened to just who he was and it made me strive to want to get closer to him because finally I knew who he was. So you have to know who God is in order to get closer to him. And we're called to go there for and make disciples. So how are we going to share with people something that we don't have or something that we don't know? You have to be sure who God is in your life. And you yeah. have to do that by getting out of the way and and striving for it, you have to make every effort. We have to make every effort. And the story that I'm gonna tell later on in this in um, this series, it's all gonna make a little bit of sense on how I had to surrender in order to find out who God was. So um, I'm excited about that, but yeah. just really, you guys, if you don't know, if you don't know who God is and you don't have that relationship, you need it, especially at times like this, like well, it's, not it's knowing. Impossible to please him if you don't know him. Yes. If, if you don't know the father, then how do you know what he wants and what he expects? And, you know, and we paint this image of our own God, which is idolization. We idolize what we think is God. They've done it for years. Humanity's always done that. Well, I think God is like this. Yeah, well, my God is like this. Well, my God, do you see it never ends? I've seen it countless times. That was me. I painted a God that fit my lifestyle. How many of you watching has a God right now that fits your lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Honestly, the way you live and God's okay with it. How many of you think that? Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to find out who God is through the scriptures. Uh, can we get the ESV version up whenever we pull the scriptures up? Because for some reason, I guess... I'm going to start bringing my Bible because my <laughs> the electronics have, have been attacked. <laughs> I guess it's been attacked. I, and I was telling her, she Tom said, she said, Tom always says bring a Bible. I said, yeah, but I love mine because I can go right to where I want to go. It's a lot faster. Um, for some reason, it just changed right now. It's been the same since yesterday. And now all of a sudden, it's a completely different Bible. Well, we have to do our part, you guys. We have to open it up. We have to read what it says and I, not yes. rely on something else to give it to us. Yes. So there's another explanation of it. Well, who is God? Okay, who is this father that we're talking about? Well, first of all, he is perfect and he is holy. He is perfect and he is holy. So if your God ain't perfect and he's not holy, then who is your God? Who is he? Because the Jesus that I know is perfect. He is holy, and he hates sin. He hates it. He don't compromise with it. He don't just wink at it. He hates it. Your Bible will tell you over and over and over that God hates sin. That's the reason we're in this mess. 
was because we disobeyed God and ate from the tree he told us not to eat from. So what is sin? Anything that disobeys God. See, what it was, see, everybody thinks, well, God just, he's just Mr. Perfect. He just thinks all y'all should be Mr. Perfect. He's just so perfect, 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 perfect. Well, let me, let me go back to us. It's our, we're, we're in dominion, okay? We're in control. So what do we do? God says, I made you perfect just like me. Now go, multiply, enjoy yourself. Just don't eat from that one tree. I'm telling you not to eat from right there because you just don't want to do it. Just don't do it. So the old slew foot comes around and what does he do? Did God really say, did God really say, don't eat of it? He just knows that if you eat of it, you'll be like him. Well, what the devil was really saying was if you eat of it, you'll be just like me. See, the devil's a liar. He, he counterfeits. He flips. Everything God does, he flips it. So God hates sin. If your God tells you it's okay, you better reconsider who your God is. Because a God who hates sin, why would he be okay that you're in it and living it? Habitually surrendering to it, letting it be your master claiming that you have no power. This is just who I am. You might want to rethink who your God is because everything's flipped with God and the devil, everything. So what he was really saying was, if you eat of the tree, you're going to be like me and you're going to be a God unto yourself. And whatever you see fits going to be okay in your eyes because you're God and you make the choices and you do what you want. It's pure rebellion. It's the same tactic that's been gone since all humanity. So... Here's God, okay? We're in dominion. So we take it upon ourselves. Well, I got free will, so I'm going to try it. The woman tries it first. What does she do? She gives it to Adam. He tries it. So what they're telling God is, I want to be like you. That's what they told God, because by eating the thing he told them not to, that's what they're telling God. We want to be like you. So guess what God did? He said, well, I'm perfect. I'm holy. Here's the law, 680, 10 commandments, follow them, people, be like me. He didn't do it to be, a, to be somebody that just wants to pick on us. He did it because you asked for it. Our forefathers asked for the law. See, you never heard nothing about a law previous to the tree, right? We never heard nothing about a law. Because God was with us. He was our mentor. He was willing to talk with us and walk it out and show us how to be. He's okay if you fall. It's all right. I got you. I'm here for you. But we took it upon ourselves to want to be like him. So he broke out the law. This is who I am. I'm perfect. Follow it. You break one, you break them all. Old Testament. So, because everybody thinks, why would God, God just, he just wants to be mean. No, you ask for it. See, it goes back to where we're in dominion, guys. That's what you got to understand. He's a man of his word. We're not used to people that say something and mean it. We're used to, well, he said that, but does he mean that? That's how we grow, grew up. Does he really mean that? Yeah, I, I know he says that, but does he mean it? Yeah, take it to the bank. God says something, God means it. So, he is perfect. He is for you and he's not against you. Okay, the, the God I know, he is for you. He is not against you. He is not sitting there just waiting on you to blow it. He is not just licking his chops. I hope they blow it today. I'm going to show them. 
No, he's for you. If he wasn't for us, he wouldn't have came down and made a way. He made a way for us to get back what we lost in the garden. He made a way. It's something to rejoice about. My soul rejoices about it because I was a wretch. I was lost, but now I'm found. I understand that my God paid a price so I could come back into the kingdom and be part of him and what he wants to do. And the scripture also tells us, if you can pull it up in James 4, verse 5, the book of James it, tell, it gives us another picture of who God is. Uh, no, that's, that's new living. No, that's not it. it uh, what does yours say? Does it say he yearns jealousy? Jealously? Yes. It says, Or do you suppose it is of no purpose that the scripture says, He yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. He yearns jealously over the spirit that he made to dwell in us. Our God is a jealous God. He wants to dwell with his children, not just in us, but on us and around us. He wants to be with us. So that's always been his heart. And another big thing of knowing who he is is knowing who Jesus was. That's everything. If you don't know who Jesus was, then you can't get an accurate picture of who God is. Um, I don't know what that New Living Translation is saying. Do you have the ESV? Okay, because I, <laughs> I, I don't know what that was saying there. Um, we're going to go to John 16, verse 25 through 28. So John 16, yep, we're going to go John 16, 25 through 28. And this is what Jesus tells his disciples whenever he was with them. John 16, 25. He says, and I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. What is Jesus telling his disciples? See, I've spoke to you in figures of speech, but there will be a day when, I, when you will not have to ask in the name of Jesus because I him, himself will tell you plainly. It's God. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh on the earth. And until we understand that and wrap our mind around that, if we just think he's a prophet and put him below what he actually was, we'll never know who God is. You will never get it. See, that's what my wife struggled with. For years, she was taught that Jesus was not God. He was a prophet, and he was just, you know, he was just a good person from God. He was a good son. But if you don't grasp who he was and why he came to demonstrate 
the way he wants us to walk. See, God's not just a talker. He's not just going to talk about it. He come down and showed us. All right, boys, you want me to show you how it's done? This is how it's done. This is who I made you to be. This is what I expect of you. Now, here's the example. I'm going to walk it out for you and show you who I am and what I expect. And now I'm going to go back to the Father, and I'm going to send you a helper to help you do the very same thing that I did on earth while I was here. So until we understand who Jesus was, we'll never get it either, guys. We have to know who he is. We have to know. And we also have to know that Jesus was not a doormat. He was not the doormat. He didn't come just to be the doormat so we could continue in sin. He was the door to the Father. See, we've, we've, we, we've grown up thinking he was the doormat. Well, we can just do what we want and just walk all over you, but thank you for coming, and thank you for giving me a place to wipe off my, my dirt and my filth. I appreciate that. Nah, he wasn't a mat. He was the door. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Any man that entered through me come to the Father. If you don't enter through me, you cannot come to the Father, the only way to him. So this is where our mindset is so crucial. We're going to attack our mindset because the devil has attacked our mindset. That's where the battle is, guys. The battle's up here in our brains. The mindset, who we think we are and who we think God is. It's a mindset. See, it's demonstrated in the garden. Did God really say that you can't eat the tree? It's the mindset. We're attacked up here. Did, did Satan actually jump on them and attack them? No. He attacks your thoughts, your mind, the way you process things. Why do you think Christ came to give us his mind, the mind of Christ? Now put it this way. We claim that we have the mind of Christ. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you claim I have been given the mind of Christ. So now we have to take Jesus' mind out. And let's put it in our brain. We've been given the mind of Christ. So why on earth would we ever think that we're always going to continue in sinning? And the very thing that God hates, well, I'm always probably going to do it. The God who walked perfect and never once stumbled had a perfect being, and he's given us that mindset to walk out the calling according to his grace, the calling. Why would we ever sell ourselves short and ever, ever give in to the fact that, well, I'm just a failure Maybe I just ain't good enough. Maybe I could never please you, Father. Did Jesus ever think like that? He never once thought like that. Jesus walked in power and authority and knew who he was in God. See, this is why we have to know who he is. If we don't know who Jesus is, then you don't know who you are. There's no way you can know who you are if you don't know who he is. Because how are you going to claim you have his mindset if you don't know how he walked? Jesus never sinned, not one time. Sounds to me like he had a pretty strong mindset to please the Father. Sounds to me like he was on a mission, a mission to show the world that he was from God and that he was accepted into the kingdom of God. So why should our mindset be any less? Why should we sell ourselves out any short? But see, there again, there's that attack. Where I was attacked for so many years, well, I'm always going to, struggle, brother. I'm always, nobody's perfect. See, there's that, there's that attack. And if you give the devil an inch, what's he going to do? He's going to take a foot and he's going to run with that mindset. And if you think for one minute that you are not strong enough to please God, you're probably not going to, if that's your mindset. 
See, he came to replant our mind and give us a spirit to enable us to walk like Jesus. See, Jesus didn't walk like that without the Holy Spirit and without the mind of Christ. It's the two pieces that make us obey God. The very two pieces that give us the ability to actually obey our Father and to please Him. See, God's not unpleasable. Everybody thinks, well, you, I'll never please Him. He's just, you can't never. That's not God. He doesn't mind our shortcomings. As long as He's got something to work with, as long as we're teachable and we're humble enough to allow him to show us our faults, to examine our hearts, show us where we messed up so he can grow us into who he wants us to be. See, if, if, if we think it's all about us, then we put a block here. We give God 90% of the house and we keep the back room. We put a block here. Yeah, you can't get there. That's just, you know, this is who I am there. You can't do that. You have to open up the whole house. You got to let God have his way. See, this is, I'm a guest in Jesus's house. He's not a guest in my house. See, there's so many Christians that I've come across that have the mindset that, yeah, I've invited him into my heart. He's a guest at my house, my place. At the end of the day, I still call the shots, and I still have the deed. Is that, that's the mindset of a lot of Christians. But I've, I welcome Jesus into my heart. Yeah, he's a guest. So when the enemy comes to attack you and to make you do the very thing God hates, which is sin, then guess who has to answer the door? You do, because you're the provider, you're the protector, and you are the one who owns the house. So God's a gentleman, and he gives you free will, and he backs away, and he, and he sits there and lets you fight the devil. We can't beat the devil, guys. It's impossible. We have to have a helper to defeat the enemy. See, the scriptures tell us that the enemy's been defeated. It's over. It's finished. It's victory. So we're, we're claiming victory, but does our mind actually tell us that? We, 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 we sing songs that we're set free from sin and we have the victory, but at the end of the day when we walk away, what is our mind really telling us? Because I've talked to a lot of good people, and, and this subject of uh, when you get into sin and you, and you tell somebody you don't want to do it no more, it becomes a controversial subject. Oh, what are you trying to say, brother? You want to be like Jesus? Well, yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm told to have the mind of Jesus and to be like him. See, when Jesus come in contact with the lady, the prostitute, and everybody was throwing stones at her, what did he say? He said, your sins have been forgiven. Now go and sin no more. Now, he didn't give her the mindset that I hear from a lot of people. He didn't say, now look, now go and struggle with your sins, and when you do, I'm here for you, and I got you. Call me, and I'll take care of you. Does he ever do that? He never once does that. He tells us, go and sin no more. The mind of Christ. Okay, he, that's, he believes in us. There again, who he is. He believes in us. He created us to be something for him. And he believes. We don't even believe in ourselves, guys. We sell ourselves short all the time. I just don't think I can do it. There ain't no way I could do it. You're right, you can't. But he can. And if you'll surrender and allow him to have his way in you, you'll start to understand what the gospel's about. But the enemy that we're going to uncover through this whole series is the very thing that's stopping the spirit from coming in. It's the very block that we're putting up that's stopping 
from allowing God's power to flow through us. It's ourselves. The very thing. See, we're too busy pointing the fingers. What, what did Eve do? She, he made me do it. The serpent made me do it. What did Adam do? She made me do it. We're too busy pointing the fingers at everything. The devil did it. He made me do it. It was that. They, they made me do it. When God says, no, 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 no. I don't care about nothing else. Why didn't you do what I asked you to do? Personal. Why didn't you? See, because we are the problem. Not everybody else. Not your boss. Not your family. Not your job. Your circumstances. None of that's your problem. You are. Because if anybody could have complained, it would have been Jesus. If anybody had the right to complain about his circumstances, it would have been Jesus. He had a good case. I mean, we could have went to court with his case. Look what you put me through, God. This ain't right. But did he ever once do that? Never. He never once did. So, and God wants to be our beloved and our friend. He, he wants to be our friend. See, there's a difference between a friend and a buddy. If God's your buddy and he's okay with how you're living, you might want to ask God. See, I'm asking God to back us up on, I'm actually challenging what God do you know? Really, the Lord's challenging you. Who, what God do you know? Because if you knew the God that I knew, well, I was talking to Satan for 10 years and God showed me. See, the devil comes as an angel of light. He disguises himself as God. And he tells you, you're okay, bud. It's okay. It's okay that you're doing the very thing that God hates. It's okay. He'll forgive you for it. See, that's the lie that I bought into for 10 years. I bought into that lie. And you know where that lie had me? So strung out 10 years later. My God, I was about to self-destruct and destroy myself from the inside out. Because I bought into the lie that I was okay. That God's grace covered me enough. See, God's grace is amazing. It really is. But if it doesn't lead to transformation, there's a problem with it. Is that really from God? Because if his grace doesn't transform you, then you might want to consider what grace you're claiming. Because the God I know doesn't give you grace so you continue on the way you used to live. And that's another way of knowing him. When you know God, you know that he requires change. He does not, he accepts us the way we are right here and there. He accepted me the, the basket case I was. I was a basket case and he accepted me right then and there. But he told me, son, some things are going to have to change. You're going to have to change in order to look like me. Your old lifestyle ain't happening, especially not if you're going to claim to know me. I don't want no part of that. And he transformed me. He gave me his spirit and transformed me, which we'll dig into deeper of how to get that. And so what picture are you painting of God is the main thing. Who is your God? If I've stepped on your toes and who are you to tell me, just ask God. Don't take it up with me. I'm just a man. Pray to him alone in the secret place. Ask God. He'll deal with you. I promise you. He, he dealt with me. He will deal with you because he loves you and he will tell you who he is. So the next important thing that we're going to get to is who he created you to be. So we've discussed some things about who he is and which I really wanted to go into more scriptures and I'm very sorry I have them, but 
I'll be, I will have a different Bible when I come back, and we will have them all pulled up. Um, but if you do have any questions, comment below on, on the video, and we will answer the next following week if something doesn't seem right or you need clarity on. We'll be glad to give you scripture for it. Um, so who God created us to be, that's very important to know. Um, one thing on it, he created you to be a seeker, not a sinner. Some people find that hard to believe. You are not created to be a sinner. He created you to seek his presence, to be with him in fellowship. That's what you were made for. Um, Matthew 7, we'll go to Matthew 7, 7 through 8, to give us a, come up here, babe. We're gonna, I'm going to get you to talk on this. I'm sure they're tired of hearing me go on and on. I have to admit, this is a little bit intimidating when you get up here, <laughs> and, and it is a little. So I will promise you, I will strive to get better week to week. I will strive my best to get better at explaining and doing things. So Matthew 7, Jesus tells us to ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. You were created... For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. If you are persistent, and you do your part, and you are wanting to know the truth, and you do want to know who he is, he will answer. The door will be opened. How many of y'all know anybody that's very persistent? When your phone rings and you, and you hit ignore, you know they're going to call right back. You know, if I don't answer this phone, they're going to call a hundred times. That's God. He said, seek, seek, seek. He created us to continue to knock, continue to knock. If your breakthrough ain't there, continue to knock, continue to knock, continue, knock, knock, knock. Bug him until he gives you an answer. He's okay with that. Why? Because he binds himself to his own word. And he just said he was okay with that for you to seek, seek seek. So a lot of people say, well, I'm not hearing from him. I don't, I, I tried. I tried what you said and it didn't work. Try more. Try harder. Do your part. See, God wants to know that you want him because you do. See, he gave us a free will, guys. He's not mad. Like I said, he, if, you, if you don't believe in God, he's not upset. He gave you free will. You can believe what you want. You don't have to. He didn't create us robots. He wants us to free willingly love him, to free willingly want to spend time with him. See, the scriptures say, my commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome if you want to follow him. Now, if you don't want to, that could be pretty hard to, to obey God if you don't want to follow him. Now, if you feel like you have to, that's a whole different ball game. I have to, I have to go to work tomorrow you're probably not going to be too excited about work if you have to do it. Now, if you wake up and say, I can't wait and I want to go to work tomorrow, you're going to be a whole different person. It's, a whole, it's two different type people. You got the have-tos and the want-tos. See, a lot of people feel like they have to. Free will, we've already discussed. Free will, you have dominion. You don't have to do anything. You can be a God unto yourself. You can worship whatever you want to worship. God has given you the free will to do it. But now if you want something more and you want a relationship and you want something different, which is everlasting life, that's going to be a whole different walk. See, that's going to be a lot more personal because now all of a sudden 
what I need ain't so important anymore. And how I feel all of a sudden ain't really that much important because I want to know who you are. See, we're asking you, do you want to know the real father? Because if you think you know God, I challenge you. See, the scriptures say in 1 John, they say, if you claim that you know him, you are to walk in the same way in which he walked. So if you're right now watching and you claim that you know God and you think you know him, I ask you to examine yourself. Look at your life. See how you're walking. See what's in your life. Because see, God challenged me with this when I came to meet him three years ago. He, I said, yeah, but dad, I look just like you. He said, huh, stop. You don't look nothing like me. He said, matter of fact, you look just like your mother, the world. So don't you claim to look like me. Whoa, I had to examine myself. See, I'm asking you to do a gut check. This ain't coming at you. This is just because I love you. I am a son of God, and he set me free from myself. So I'm here to try to help you be set free. Because if you think the God you know is okay with you living in darkness, what God do you know? I'm challenging God. I'm ch we're challenging the God you know, and I know he's going to back me up on it. Ask him. Do I know you don't, I Lord. Well, it says those who know him walk in the same way in which he walked. And Jesus was pretty perfect, my friend. And Jesus didn't commit not one sin. So how are you walking today? How is your walk? Because when I realized that, I looked into my life and I'm like, hold on. We got a lot of sin going on in this life. It's a lot of stuff that ain't right. And God said, yeah, I know. That's why you don't look nothing like me. He said, but I want you to, and I'll tell you how to. Later on in the series, that's what we're going to get at because he wants you to walk just like him. He loves us. He created us to walk with him. See, there's a difference between fellowship and, what we, relationship. and relationship. See, fellowship is walking with God. See, we, we, didn't Enoch get caught up because he walked with God? See, when you walk with God, it's a whole different lifestyle. It's, it's, just, it's totally different. It's not the gospel that I grew up knowing. It's just, it blow your mind. And he's so amazing. He's the best life coach you can ever have. Seriously. Like, and I'm going to tell you another thing, too. If you are living in sin, it's okay. There's no condemnation. My God, I was surrounded by sin. It was everywhere. Like I said, I was creating new ways to sin. Don't feel ashamed. It's okay. Because God is way more powerful than any sin you can be dwelling in. And if you are dwelling in sin right now, I just ask for you to consider what God do you know? Do a gut check. What God do you know? Because the God I know, when he showed up, sin had to go. That lifestyle I was living, it had to go. It could not stay there. God hates it. He said, there's no way I'm going to let you be the person you are. If you want me, you, it's got to go. So when he moved in, he, he, he cleans you up. You Don't even try to clean yourself up. Good luck if you want to do it. I don't care what your sin is. I don't care if it's whatever. We see God showed me that sin is the head of a snake. What you got to do is just cut the head off. See, I can sit here and pinpoint little things. Oh, well, you need to do this, brother, or you need to do that, sister, or you need to, eh, wrong. Sin as a whole. Look at this thing as a whole, okay? It's a problem. It needs to be dealt with. And you know what's amazing I never once woke up after God entered me, the Holy Spirit power entered me. The next day, she's talking about the transformation. I never once woke up and said, God, I'm not going to sin today. I'm going to do better. How many of you have ever done that? 
I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that, that today, God. I'm going to, I'm doing better. I got self-power and self-will. But you always fail at the end of the day. You always end up doing the very thing you told yourself you're not going to do. I never once woke up with that mindset. God told me you're a son. You've been forgiven. I love you. I don't care what you did yesterday. All I'm worried about is what are you going to do today, right now? I don't care what you did back then. Don't, eh, it's over. Don't talk about it. What you going to do now? So I woke up from that day forward and said, I, thank you, God, for forgiving me and making me a brand new. I'm your son. And it's so amazing to be in fellowship with the God of the universe that created me. Thank you. That's it. Surrender. See, I woke up and free willingly surrendered myself to God. He transformed me. His spirit cleans me. He did it. I couldn't do it. I tried to quit all that stuff, and it didn't work out too well. I always fell right back in it. So I would encourage you, if you are living in sin, no condemnation. But, and if you do think you know Jesus, because the scriptures tell us, be careful. Because if you think you know him and you're living a life contrary to him, you might want to question who you really know. Because it's, it, that was me. I thought I knew God for 10 years. I'd tell everybody, yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, he's amazing, man. He's grace, so good. Grace. But there was no transformation in my life. I never was transformed, really. I was a better person, but I still had so much baggage and so much junk. And she seen the real me. She seen the junk I was carrying. She didn't even want nothing to do with my Jesus. Did you? So we're, we're hoping to teach. No, she didn't want, she was leaving me. She was leaving me. She was out. She said, I'm done with this guy. I've had enough. And God used 1 John 3 to really transform my life. 1 John 3. We're not going to get into that now because that's later in the series where we're going to go deeper. But he really used the screen. Scriptures don't contradict itself. God's word does not contradict itself. People may think it does because of their interpretation of it. But God, just like she was explaining with the Jehovah is the name above all names, then Jesus is the name above all names. Well, that sounds like it contradicts itself. But the only way that it doesn't is if Jesus was Jehovah. Now, them two statements coincide together. Now it makes sense. So if you ever have a contradicting scripture, pray about it. Ask God, reveal this to me. I need you to show to me what do you mean here? Because scripture don't contradict itself. And we're going to get into that later in the series. There's a lot of scriptures that people take and they say, well, this is what God says. But then two books later from the same author, he writes something totally different. So is it just confusing or are we confusing it? Are we, may, are we not understanding what the authors are writing? So we're, we're going to see, God has showed me Paul, really. And I've seen Paul crying out, Paul, the Apostle Paul, crying out over Romans, this book of Romans, 6, 7, and 8, the book of Romans. There is a big deal going on in this book that a lot of churches are believing and, and, and stuck on. And I feel like God really wants to unpack this thing, and we're going to read it together, and we're going we're to dive into this thing together as a body, as, as God, because there's got to be truth in it, you know. And a lot of people are using a lot of different ways to do so. So we're really going to go deep into this series. This is an introductory thing. We want you to know that you were made perfect. You were created in God's image. He made you perfect. You may not feel perfect right now, but by the end of this, you might feel a little bit better. You might feel really good because our God is perfect. See, people say, what do you think, brother? You just think you're perfect? No, he is. 
Well, what, what do you think? You're just going to be perfect. No, I think he is. And he lives in me and it's not about me. So let's talk about him or let's just quit talking. Right? It's not about me. It's about him. Do, am I going to be perfect? Puh. Yeah, right. Because I make a mess of things. But am I going to get out of his way and let him do his thing? Yes, I am. And he is perfect. Now, take it how you want to take it. If I try to do it, if you try to do it, you will fail. In your own strength, you will fail. Every time. 99% of the time, you will fail. If he does it, you might have a different outcome. So however you're living, don't feel condemned. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Don't feel condemned. There's hope and there's glory. See, the gospel is glorious, transformation. It's not, it don't leave you the same. See, God's grace is sufficient. I don't care what you're in, I'll give you grace to transform you into a new creature, to transform you into what I paid a price for you to be so you can walk out the calling and be who I've called you to be. See, why are we... Why do we have this mindset that we're never going to meet the calling? So we're already setting ourselves up short of God's glory, and we're calling it humble. I see a lot of people, no, I'm just humble, brother. I'm just, well, are you really humble or are you deceived? Because I have the mind of Christ, and my God hates anything that's against him, which is disobedience and all these things. He hates it. So I should have the same mindset. I should not like anything that's contrary to his word. See, now, if you have that mindset, you're going to walk differently. You ain't just going to be able to lay there and watch them movies that are GDing over and over. All of a sudden, whoa, my God don't like this. So I must can't like it. There's no way. I'm going to turn that off. Do you understand that that's your sanctification? Once you understand this, God will sanctify us into who he wants us to be. And he's not mad at us. He loves us. He knows that the, we, we, I think we've really just sold it short, this gospel. We have just, we just... The fear of the Lord is what he, he was showing me and Mr. Blake. We have lost the fear of God. We fear the devil more than we fear God. That's a big problem. We, you, did you hear that? We fear the devil more than we fear God. Whenever we should fear God way more than we've ever feared the devil. See, a healthy fear of God will help you understand who he is. He doesn't, it ain't a scared, it's a healthy respect and a fear of the maker of the universe. See, a lot of people think fear is a bad thing. Well, if you're hanging off an airplane and you're about to be dropped down and that fear tells you don't do this, this ain't real smart. Is fear a bad thing right there in that instance? Or is it a good thing to put you in your place and let you realize you might not want to fall from there? So the fear of God, we have to bring that fear back, that standard, that excellence. God is perfect. He is excellence. And if he dwells in you, why is your mind any different? You should have the same mind of Christ that he has. I've noticed so many believers that just sell out. Sure. They say, yeah, but I'll never be like him. But the scripture says, be just like him. Imitate him. What did Paul tell us? Imitate me as I imitate him. Be imitators of Jesus. It tells us to imitate him. So we're really going to challenge people through this whole series, and we're probably going to push a lot of buttons. Be ready, because there's a lot of buttons going to be pushed. But hopefully by the end of it, we won't have no buttons, and, and everything will be great. Because if anybody could have had buttons, it was Jesus, right? I mean, we're going to look at Jesus' life and say, how can we ever complain and compare 
because he walked it out and showed us it's not about us. It's all about him. So we thank you for tuning in with us. Do you have anything else to add? I just wanted to say um, this study, we just really want to just show everybody that you can be closer to God than you are right now. No matter where you are in your life, no matter how long you've been with the Lord, we're wanting it. There's always, he always wants more from us. He always wants us to be more like him. He always wants us, you know, he, there's just always more. So we just want to go into this and just, um, it's just all about an encounter. We want to, if you guys haven't encountered God, we want to teach you how, because it will change everything when you encounter God. Um, and then we're called to encounter God every single day. So are we encountering every God every single day? That's another thing that we have to, you know, live by and do every single day, or we will fall up short if we're not doing it every day. Um, so we're just excited about this study because it's just really gonna just build the relationship with God and just put you into your Bibles and just have mm-hmm. you talking to him more and just have you questioning things. Like we just really, mm-hmm. he, he mentioned pushing buttons, but really we just want to, we want to change the way that you think to come up with what the Bible says. We want you guys to read the Bible and we want you guys to believe it for what it says. We want you guys to not overthink things and just listen to God, spend time with God and just rely on him for everything. That's what that's what we're supposed to be doing. So um, we're just really excited about it because we just we want everybody to encounter God like we did. So um, if you guys want to tune in next week, we'll be really excited and we'll be jumping into a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, we're going to uncover the enemy within. Um, next week, we're going to be talking more about how we are the enemy. And some people, that sounds foreign. How, what do you mean, I'm the enemy? We're going to dive into to what the scriptures say and how we react to things, and we're going to go deeper into this thing. So hopefully we can all have a stronger walk with God by the end of this. So we thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys, and we'll see you next week.